Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. It's tuna. Oh, Prince, Prince Albert, Albert tuna. tuna? Yeah. Okay. Don't eat tuna, kids. Because of the dolphins? Yeah. Because of the dolphins and because there's plastic in there because we're fucking up the planet also. I mean, <laughs> so don't eat fish. D- yeah, that wasn't farm raised, essentially. Even farm raised. Okay. Nothing's safe. <laughs> Stop eating. <laughs> Stop eating everything. Welcome to our food podcast. <laughs> uh, Hello and welcome to Drunk Dish, where three delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process. We're already Um, pickled today. We're already pickled. Uh, This is episode 20, where we'll be discussing cheese, cheese. supper dish, whatever the fuck that is. And and American cheese. I do. American cheese is a whole thing and I love it. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm also super excited about the drink for tonight, Mm. so... Um, so now that we've introduced ourselves, every episode's we, hey, don't, we didn't actually introduce ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's Melissa. We keep forgetting shit. I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. Okay, now go on. <laughs> We're rusty kids. Rusty. <laughs> we took we took a long break over the holidays. Okay, okay. Well, now that we've introduced ourselves. <laughs> uh, every episode, Kate likes to ask us one food related question. Um, sometimes it's not food related though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, it's Kate, just a question. What do you got? Um, okay, so this is a two-parter. Um, mm-hmm. one is um, do you have a favorite cheese? Okay. Okay. Yep. And second is did anybody give or get something fantastic and food related for the holidays? Okay. Nice. Favorite cheese. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it, but I really like American cheese. Like, oh, I, lo- I I know. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm like, I like cheese. It's fine. I mean, we use Parmesan a lot. Mm-hmm. That's like a must have, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, I wouldn't just eat Parmesan. No. Because, ew. Right. And also it smells like feet. Mm. Mm. Uh, I really like brie. Like, brie's mm. delicious. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't know. All right. Provolone's all right. Mm. Okay. I don't really like Swiss. Mm-hmm. Um, Gross. I'm an anti-Swiss girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I guess mozzarella. Mozzarella. Yes. Mozzarella is like the most white person cheese. It's so like it's Italian. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> Wait, Italians northern or southern? <laughs> well, doesn't it depend what part of Italy you come from? Uh, is Italian not considered white? No. Yes. Definitely. No. Yes. Yes. Thanks. I don't consider Italian white. Really? I think Italians are white. I mean, I mean, I know that in like some, Jersey Shore Italians. Yes. Well, so no, I would argue Jersey Shore Italians. No, <laughs> no, that's like Oompa Loompa. That's, like, I feel like Jersey Shore Italians are like the <laughs> Italian, the people that um, what's his face is talking about in true romance. When Sicilians are not yeah, white. Sicilians because of the whole like invasion and stuff. Yeah, because they're yeah. Sicily was invaded by the Moors. Right. So Sicily is a combination. Morgan Freeman. 
Not that. No, no. It's, it's from Robin Hood, guys. Yes. Oh. I got, no, I got you. Okay, I got you. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay, thank you. I wasn't. What, it, what, I get what, it. what is that name? Spanish? Dirt. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, it's Marsh. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, I do too. Anyways. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess mozzarella. I do love, like, I could just eat mozzarella. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, it's so good. Or, like, you so, get it. Like in a, in a caprese salad or something. Yeah. Like that. Or mm-hmm. even just when you get it packed in, like, oil or whatever, the little balls just pop those right in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love okay. some, love some little balls in my mouth. Mm. Mm. Some mozzarella balls. Yeah, some mozzarella specifically. Yeah, mozzarella is my yeah my favorite cheese. But uh, you didn't answer the second part of your question. I oh. just jumped in because I was like mozzarella. No, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, like you put mozzarella on everything. Yes, mozzarella is where it's at. So okay, so cooked or raw, like either both. both. Okay, so that's All why that's why I think it's my favorite. I mean, although I could eat so cheese, uh, American, just whatever. Like I'll eat a slice of. You know, yeah, in the plastic, just take it out. But I like, uh, we'll talk. I like the kind in the plastic. I don't like even the deli slices; they're too thick. <gasps> really? Okay, yeah. interesting. Greg buys the deli slices, yeah. and they're too thick for me. I like the nice thin, just like just ask for it cut thinner at the no, deli. No, 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 no. He doesn't buy it from the deli. He buys the craft um, deli the craft slices. Deli yeah. slices, so they're not individually wrapped and they're thicker. Oh, that's bullshit. Um, but I like the ones that are individually wrapped. And just like melt in your mouth and are basically plastic. So you like putting more plastic into our environment. I mean, it tastes good. Killing the animals. No, but it tastes good. Don't eat tuna, kids. It tastes good. (laughs) Holy fuck! All right, Um, Um, but also mozzarella. So I'm, I'm, um, as far as a lot of cheese is concerned, I'm only hot. Like I can, I only like it when it's cooked. So American cheese. But you just ate feta. I did, yeah. So I said a lot, not all. Oh, okay. Um, and I only, yeah. Melissa. Sorry. And um, so like uh, everybody hates Melissa. Episode was last our last one, so everybody loves Melissa. So today. you know, maybe chill out a little bit, Amy. <laughs> Ooh, daggers. <laughs> um, so specifically, American cheese. I only like it if it's in a grilled cheese sandwich. Huh. Yeah. Only okay. the only time that it's okay. Like I don't yep. I don't really dig ham and cheese. Like I don't like I don't, I don't like cheese cold on, cheese on a sandwich. I don't eat American cheese on a sandwich. Like the only time I eat American cheese is either in a grilled cheese or just, or just like plain. literally just eating a okay. slice of cheese. Okay. And that's not a thing that I do often. often. Yeah. Um I I'm here with you on mozzarella. Like it's definitely um I'm I really, really love Asiago cheese. Mm. It's a good but, yeah, yeah. But my favorite, like, for eating with crackers or something, would be Havarti. Mm, okay, that's my favorite. Cheddar, cheddar with crackers. Yeah. Cheddar with good. crackers is always good. I don't know if I even know what Havarti tastes like. It's, it's like, mm, sort of mild and nutty, and mm. um, I particularly like this one brand that's aged, so it's kind of got these like weird little crystallized parts in it that are delicious. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I like uh, I like good Monterey Jack. On a cracker. Okay. Yeah, on a cracker. That's okay. Yeah, because it's, it's like mozzarella, but with some, like, spice. Yeah. Some flair. Monterey Jack, again, that would be only cooked, and I would use it, like, in a nacho or a quesadilla or something but like you, that. Oh, you don't eat Monterey Jack on crackers? Because mm-hmm. you can get the little, like, cracker barrel slice. Yeah. Nope. I'm not, like, a, a cheese cheese person. Like, I'm not the person that's going to, like, a fromage shop and being like, ooh, <laughs> All the nuances. That maggot cheese. Yes, please. No, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm not. No. Yeah. I want to be, but I just, I don't like, I don't like stinky cheese. So like even Parmesan is 
Yeah. It's like the, the most stinky I'll go. We put a, if we have one that's open in the fridge, I'm like, why does the fridge stink? Mm. I hate it. <laughs> I do. I do like a good Munster on sandwiches. Okay. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. Because it's like almost, it's like if mozzarella and American had a baby. Kind, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a nice soft yes. cheese. Yeah. Havarti is also like a softy yeah. sort of cheese. Yeah. I think cheese. I just haven't had that many cheeses, guys. Yeah. Maybe. I got someone gave me some smoked gouda and I don't like gouda and I don't like smoked flavor. Mm. So it's mm. like just going to sit there for a million years. Huh. Yeah. Bad yeah. gift giver, whoever you are. It wow. was it was actually a very thoughtful, <laughs> nice <laughs> sort of food basket <laughs> gift. That oh, had a like, lot of tasty it was things in, a basket. in it. Yeah. Oh, but okay. that just happened. They to didn't in there. just give you. No, they no, were no. Like here, smoked gouda. Yeah, Merry no, Christmas. No, but it was I was I mean, just like, oh, nine out of ten times if someone gives me cheese for Christmas because they love me oh well i should have put cheese in your bag <laughs> i'll know for next year <laughs> um yeah so any um food related gifty things given I or mean, received i got my bar cart that's pretty awesome mm-hmm. and a bunch of like accessories for yeah. making drinks and stuff i love the bar cart we were able to get all the booze out of the out of the um pantry which was good it was funny because greg thought that that was just like a throwaway gift so he had me open it first because it was the big box that I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. it? Can't be an island. It's it's too small. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, so he had me open it first. So then we opened it, and I was like, Oh my god, this is so great! And then we we did the rest of our gifts, and then we immediately set it up, and I mm-hmm. immediately filled it, and then just stood there staring at it. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> He was like, what? and I'm like, I just I love it so. Much. I just love it so much and you can see everything i have and everything's easy to get to and like i can show off all my fancy stuff and he's like never in a million years did i think that this would be the gift like this would be the one that and like literally the whole first week after christmas every time i went out in the kitchen i was just like I just love it so Do you, much. like, rearrange things? Do you, like, <laughs> a little kind bit, of, yeah. you know, oh, I'm... Just... I've got some room because I finished a couple things on there that, like, bottles that just had a little bit mm. left. So now I'm like, babe, there's room on the bar cart. Looks like we got to go. We got to go. That's also a good limiting Do tool some for you, though, too. I mean, it, be like, there's it, no it holds the a lot. Oh. I mean, I didn't Maybe fill it initially. The, the middle shelf doesn't have a lot on because the middle shelf is, like, slats. Mm. and the other two are solid and greg was like maybe just put most of the bottles on the top and bottom and let's not put too much weight on the middle one just because it's like slats or whatever Mm -hmm. so that one's like almost empty and originally all of my tools were in there Mm -hmm. um but then we got we had got a kitchen island this week which i was very excited to have set up for tonight yeah um and all my tools went in there so now i have even more room in the bar cart more booze oh my god it's the best i love it so much mm-hmm. and then i mean i got a ton of like cocktail making stuff like bar spoons and a bunch of different like new shakers um my cousin got me like a whole like bar set with like shakers and hearthorn strainers and spoons Fancy. and jiggers and all sorts of stuff so yeah bar stuff nice, nice. stuff to get y'all drunk yeah. excellent that's my answer excellent Fun. the adults of my family didn't exchange gifts this year um that, but I mean, that's good yeah, because, I mean, we have kids, so yeah. it's like yeah, 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 99% yeah. about the kids. Yeah. Um, but I really, um, my my mother-in-law took the kids for a day and made cookies with them. Oh, that's Which fun. I really appreciated. And that in and of itself was a gift. That is a gift. And then um, 
also uh my children there's a candy store near where we live it's like an old school candy store and my mother had gotten them my kids a bunch of candy for their stockings for christmas and the kids don't like white chocolate Oh. And she happened to get them a lot of white chocolate. That's because it's trash. White chocolate's my favorite yeah, chocolate. It's not chocolate. Miss American cheese isn't cheese. You were waiting for that. You were just <laughs> laying in wait. <laughs> no, it just happened to be fit. Like, I need to correct Amy. No, it just something. Ha- oh, oh, well, sure. Always. But yes. <laughs> so uh, I stole a lot of their candy. Nice. My point. Nice. It was not meant for me. I mean, that's a mother's job, really. I yeah, mean, Halloween candy, half of that's yours. You can't let your kids eat all that. Oh, my God. No. I still have, like, so much you, Halloween candy left over. You'd be a over. bad parent if you let them eat all that that's and true. you didn't take some of it. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, you're doing it for them. Their teeth yeah. would rot right out of right. their heads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No. Good mom. Nice. For eating Thanks. that candy. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Kate? Um, I got um a really neat sort of chopper thing um my husband got it for me and it's like not something that i ever would have asked for but it's like a you put the vegetable in it and you just like squish it down it's like a it's like a slap chop it's i don't know what yeah i mean it's not like a it's not like a it's like a just put it in and you just crush it and they all and it all comes out in little cubes i think oh nice yeah yeah so i'm just like everything's gonna have onions of course he <laughs> i was gonna say I'm like, isn't your husband uh, allergic air quote allergic yeah to onions? it's not good for his body so yeah it gives them them tummy trouble does yeah, yeah real yeah, does yeah, yeah. yep so um so that was really but cool his dad still eats them so tell him to man up <laughs> yeah but his dad really really shouldn't no either. i know yeah. i know yeah um and so yeah so that was one thing and then um along with that was like this set of um four different microplanes so like it's a regular micro microplane then then like a smaller one and then like a teeny tiny one for probably just nutmeg uh yeah so those are all that's all very cool nice yeah microplanes are magic they really are the nutmeg alone oh worth it oh yeah i love it Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love our microplane. Just using the cheese grater for everything was not. I didn't realize how inefficient and awful that was until <laughs> we got a microplane, and I was like, "Oh, this is how it's supposed to work." Yeah, microplane and garlic was a game changer for me for sure. Like that was like, "Oh, garlic presses suck. This is amazing." Well, you get so much um like like leftover with a garlic press. Mm-hmm. Like half they're the hard time, to clean. I like dig out the stuff in the garlic press, and then I chop that up. Yeah, to yeah, add yeah. It too. Yeah. Yep. Like everything else. I actually haven't microplaned garlic since oh. we got the microplaner because we have a garlic press and I just never even thought of it. Works good. Mm. It just will slice up the your knuckles if you're not real careful. Yeah, about. that's so you'll yeah. Get real, you'll get close. And... I've already cut myself a couple times on the um, just the cheese grater. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> a little too aggressive. Nice. You know, whatever. Well, that's fun, guys. Uh, so, Melissa, that's tell me. us what we are drinking tonight. So I'm very excited about this. Very excited. So some uh, some of you listeners, if there are any, um, and you guys might have seen that I posted some stuff about this drink when I yeah. did my like test run mm-hmm. for it. Um, so I am making um, clarified milk punch, mm. um, which, which is a- I'm just going to say. 
the the name of is gross is real gross yeah. the process is also gross yeah but the end product that's what you yeah. it's fucking out of this world okay uh i'm here for it i can't I trust you yeah me too it's guys guys it's so good it's so good so um this particular one is a black tea port wine milk punch mm. um it contains whole milk um black tea now, it's supposed to contain Batavia Arak, which is a rum-based liqueur that's, like, got herbs and shit in it. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find that, like, literally anywhere. Like, literally, I reached out to um, liquor purveyors outside of our state because we're in New Hampshire. So we have a state liquor store. So if it's not at the big liquor store, you ain't getting it in New Hampshire. So yeah. I reached out to Massachusetts, Vermont about this, and, like, no one carried it. So I ended up just using light rum. Okay. Um, which I was sad about, but, you know, whatever. Uh, ruby port sugar and lemon juice so i'm not gonna go through like all the directions for it (laughs) all the directions for it because it's like a whole thing that i'll kind of talk about um once we get back and we're drinking it um but this particular recipe was adapted um from ruby punch which is a recipe that cocktail historian uh david wondrich found in jerry thomas's bartender's guide from 1862 um david wondrich is like and all my research for this is like the go-to guy for punches and specifically for clarified milk punch like he literally wrote the book on punches it's called punch (laughs) cool Uh, and in that he talks about uh, clarified milk punch so he's kind of like the guy um but wondrich describes this punch as a plush and seductive punch that practically drinks itself um so like i said it features a combination of black tea ruby port lemon and um not batavia iraq because it sucks um so i'm gonna go luckily i don't really have to make it because i already made it it took me like all day today to make um so i wouldn't do what i did with my wine where i just go eh it's okay well no you totally can (laughs) um you're good you guys i i have a feeling that you guys are gonna be floored by what this tastes like cool i'm sure it'll be delicious um it starts it starts as this super dark because i mean it's red wine and black tea and sugar so it starts as a super dark thing and then you end up with something that essentially looks like a rosé um so i'm very excited about it so we're going to take a quick break so i can go and pour some and then we'll be right back and i'll talk a little bit about the history and the science behind why it works cool Cool. a quarter cup at a time a thin stream. It's supposed uh-huh. to be a thin stream. Blend it really uh-huh. well. Or you'll burn... David, that's not right. Okay, well, that's because I'm ladling and stirring at the same time, and you're just standing there. Now is not the time to lose focus, darling. This was your idea. You're the one who allegedly made the enchiladas. Yes, so try to keep up. Okay, next. Now's the time to sprinkle in the chili pepper flakes. We've already done that. What number are we on? Oh, my God. Is this not your mother's recipe? Yes, and now I'm passing it on to you. So try to keep up. Um, oh, next step is to fold in the cheese. What does that mean? What does fold in the cheese mean? He folds it in. I, I understand that, but how, how do you fold it? Do you fold it in half like a piece of paper and drop it in the pot, or what do you do? David, I cannot show you everything. Okay, well, can you show me one thing? You just, here's what you do. Uh-huh. You just fold it in. Okay, I don't know how to fold broken cheese like that. And I don't know how to be any clearer. You take that thing that's in your hand, uh-huh. and you... If you say fold in one more time... It says fold it in! This is your recipe. You fold in the cheese then. Don't you dare. You fold it in. David! 
Oh, good. Now I see bubbles. David, what does burning smell like? Okay, we're back. So we have our drinks. So you can see, like, in the glass, it looks like, it essentially looks like rosé. It's yeah. so clear. It's, and this isn't even as clear as the last one I made. I'm actually kind of disappointed. It looks, um, like, it's so clear. Yeah. It looks like you took, like, a little bit of melted popsicle and mixed it with, like, water. <laughs> like, that's how clear it but is. But if you look at it, too, you can see that it has some weight to it. Like, it doesn't look like just water. No. No. It's like. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, let's try it. Don't knock your mic over. I know. Sorry. We're going to cheers. Cheers. I can't reach Kate, but we'll just. Yep. Let's get clinking. Okay. So try that shit. It tastes like juice. What? It smells a little bit like milk. Like I, I sniffed it first. Yeah. Yeah, I can it's see that. It's just like a faint. Yeah. But like it doesn't taste like it at all. It's weird. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> Kate looks really confused. It's confused. It's confusing. For it's the delicious, right? Yeah. It tastes like juice. So the only thing, um, so it was clearer last time I made it, but also last time I made it, I made it with Earl Grey black tea. Mm. So it had that like bergamot, like mm-hmm. floral, and yeah. it was really strong. And I actually, I'm not really liked it, but I was like, I don't know if it'll be too floral for you guys or whatever and I wanted it to be a little bit more neutral so I just use regular English breakfast black tea and it's not as tea forward like the other one I made you could tell it, there was tea in there yeah whereas this one you can't really tell I can smell the tea I am very perplexed by yeah. this beverage mm-hmm. that I am it's so good oh my it god is. So it does not taste like what it smells like to me I, like I have a very strong sense so of smell I, yeah I was gonna say I can't smell any um so um, I'm going to give these to you so you guys can look. There's pictures. You're going to scroll. I don't know. Whatever this way is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pictures of the kitten amongst them that you'll need to scroll past. <laughs> um, but that'll kind of show you like the process mm. and the liquid that it started with. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm making faces. That's why Melissa's laughing. Yeah. So that's when you put the milk in. You're going to make me want to st- <laughs> stop drinking it. <laughs> That's exactly what I pictured. Yeah. Exactly it's milk curds. And these will be with the recipe. I took pictures when I was making it to make sure. <laughs> and a picture oh, for my, of my card. That's right. Because they wanted to post it. From my wife. Yeah. Because I got, I got them both Valentine's and Day kitten, cards. And now back to this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He was being really weird. He was like going under my pillows and stuff that's while I was so folding weird. laundry. It's so like thick. You, I don't know why yeah. I'm showing the pictures to you. Yeah. I know what they look like. Um. <laughs> But yeah, just so you can see the process and then like the double strain business that I did. So I actually strain it through. So what you do is you um, add the punch mixture, which is the tea, um, lemon, port, rum, uh, sugar. You add that. Yeah, you add that to the milk. Yeah. Um, Not the milk to the punch. This is very important. I had to remember punch milk. Not milk punch. Punch milk. PM milk punch. I went to Greg today and I went, babe, I don't remember what it is. And he goes, PM punch milk. And I was like, okay, you add the punch to the milk because what that does is the punch hits the milk and then spreads. So every part of the punch gets mixed in with the milk and curdles. Mm. Whereas if you add the milk to the punch, you basically just get a top layer of curds. Mm, okay. And the bottom doesn't do anything. It'll like mm. you get these really big curds that aren't great for straining. Because the d- idea is you actually pour... 
it through its own curds multiple times and the curds are what actually filters it which we'll talk a little bit more because i have like a whole history thing okay so clarified milk punch has been around for a super long time um and how the fuck did somebody (laughs) come up with this shit though well so clarifying things has been around for a really long time like use it to clarify um like stocks and stuff using egg whites or clarified butter right or clarified butter Mm -hmm. so it's a very similar process to that so um the heyday of milk punch was like the 1700s to mid 1800s it's really starting to make a comeback but this was when it was like really in fashion um and back then obviously liquors were like way harsher mm-hmm. and way more bitter so clarifying it was a way to like soften those super strong mm-hmm. and astringent flavors um and it also preserved beverages so like this like will last like indefinitely this is a great like like it won't because it's almost gone already right <laughs> i'm 100 percent gonna drink it all yeah. i drank all of the last batch <laughs> uh within like three days but it would um but it will keep from the clarification from yes. the clarifying? From the clarification. Yep. That's wild. Yeah. So the first recorded mention was back in 1711. It was mm. recorded by a housewife named Mary Rockert. Rockert, not Rockert, Rocket. Um, her version included hot milk, brandy, water, lemons, and sugar, all filtered through a flannel bag. Mm. Um, there is a rumor that it was actually invented by a woman named Afrid Bain. I think Bain, Ben, B-E-H-N, Ben. Um, who was the first woman to make a living from writing. Um, hmm. She was also known to be a courtesan and a spy. Oh, I love her. Um, yeah, I do. Awesome. It sounds super cool, but I couldn't actually find any references that stated that she actually invented the process. Mm. It's just like out there. Yeah. Like it's just like a room. It's just like on the wind. Yeah. But when you actually look into it, there's like, they're just like, yeah, we think she invented it. But yeah. there's no like backup to say why. But also she's cool. So yeah. I added her in. Yeah. Um, Benjamin Franklin was known to be a fan of clarified milk punch and included his own recipe in a letter to the governor of Massachusetts in 1736, not 36, 63. Numbers. Wow, man. Um, Later on, um, after Charles Dickens died, uh, the uh, bottles of clarified milk punch were found in his wine cellar from years and years before. And the bottles appeared um, to have been there for a super long time. Like I said, they were like all dusty and stuff, but the clarified milk punch inside was still good, Hmm. which is crazy um so there are many variables that can be altered to make a lot of different um clarified milk punches uh like i said before like the base recipe essentially just needs a a citrus or other acidic ingredient um and then milk sugar and alcohol although you don't actually have to put alcohol in it you could use this process for any sort of like tea or bitter beverage that you want to kind of remove some of that astringency from you don't have to do it for alcohol um but why would you do it i actually wrote that (laughs) I suppose you could make a non-alcoholic <laughs> version, but it's just so much work and why. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do know that some bars, they'll do a clarified punch and they'll add the alcohol after. Um, but then you, you obviously get a much harsher yeah. alcohol punch. Like it's not like this where like you can't even tell there's alcohol in this. No. Yeah. And it has port wine, which is a fortif- uh, fortified red wine. It's really dense and like strong. And black tea and like you can't even tell which is yeah crazy it's, it's so good um it's like i'm drinking juice yeah no i know that's what i was drinking before you guys got here that's why i'm already drunk because <laughs> i was like Ugh. greg's like you drink that really fast i'm like it's juice it's yeah. unlimited juice, it's unlimited juice. <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's real good. Real bad. Yeah, Amy's like already finished hers. <laughs> we they, have yeah. we have a little bit left, but not a lot. I have a feeling we'll finish the bottle tonight. That's okay. um. So it's your stuff. <laughs> I'm saying it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So like I said, we know that cooks have been clarifying junk for like a really, really long time, um, like stocks and stuff. But mm-hmm. we don't really know when that started or why. Um, it's not super clear. Uh, ah. Pun not intended. Ah, what, what, ah. is, what is clear is actually when clarifying milk punch started. Um, so the practice started around the early 18th century. Um, like I said, punches and, and alcohol back then uh, tended to be extremely acidic. Mm-hmm. Milk was used in an attempt to ease stomach troubles. Mm. Um, <laughs> you're being so loud. Glug, 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 glug. So when the milk is added to the punch, it becomes a gross curdled mess. Mm-hmm. You then strain this multiple times through the curds to get a creamy without being creamy and smooth drink. Um, a side effect of this process, like I said earlier, is also that the punch will keep essentially indefinitely, except that you will drink it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the clarification method, um, essentially what that does is it separates solids in a liquid. Um, and those solids would normally make it cloudy. So that's what like the clarification process is pulling out of it. Um, so I have a quote here from Dave Arnold, um, owner of Booker and Dax, in his book, Liquid Intelligence. He says, unclear liquids are actually suspensions containing particles that reflect and scatter light in a random pattern that makes the liquid appear milky. Clarification removes these particles, but even a tiny percentage of suspended particles can cloud a liquid. So essentially when you're doing this, you're like removing those particles, which is like weird, crazy science shit. Mm. Um, So milk contains proteins that bind to certain molecules that have bitter and astringent astringent taste like tannins. Mm. Do we need a refresher on tannins? Mm -mm. No? Okay, cool. Uh, And and polyphenols. Do we know what polyphenols are? They are micronutrients no. <laughs> uh, that we get through certain plant-based foods. That's it. Okay. Um, when the milk curds are filtered out, those bound up molecules are filtered out as well. Mm-hmm. That's why it's super important to to strain it multiple times through the curds. So I've seen a couple recipes where the person strains it once through like, I, I use cheesecloth. You can also use like a nut bag mm-hmm. um, and a strainer. They filter it through that and then they just get rid of the curds and then they filter it through like a coffee filter. Mm-hmm. Um but the curds are what's doing like most of the, the work, work of actually yeah. filtering it. And if you just go straight to the coffee filter method, you're losing a ton of flavor. Um, so I actually strained this through curds. I think I did three rounds of just kind of pouring it back and straining it through the curds again, which take a good amount of time. But like, I think it's really worth it. Uh, <clears throat> another great thing about the milk washing um, is that it creates a really amazing texture to the punch. Um so I finally understand what the term unctuous means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on Great British Bake Off, they, especially Mary Berry, she used to say unctuous a lot. Oh, it's yeah. so unctuous. And I was like, is that a compliment or <laughs> like, what is that? And then I drank this and I was like, oh, this is unctuous. Like it, it's, it's got a really interesting viscosity. It's not heavy. Yeah. But like I said earlier, it's creamy with like out being creamy. Yeah. It's really bizarre. It makes your brain like freak out. It does. It hurts my brain. Yeah. Like all of the words that you're saying just hurt my brain. Yeah. It's amazing. So the reason for that is because while the curds filter out milk proteins, it doesn't catch all of them. 
um, whey proteins that are dissolved in the drink stay in after filtering. So the curds are basically casein. So like that all comes out, but the actual whey proteins are still in the drink. So this gives it a super like silky mouthful feel. And then if you like shake it off, oh my God, I cannot talk tonight. <laughs> if you shake it up. It, Kay Taylor Swift. I, what? Shake oh, it off. shake it off. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> um, when you like shake it, you can get like a super frothy or foamy drink as oh, well. Cool. Like even that just sitting in there, it like gets kind of like foamy on top. And the first time I made it, I was like, is that, is that bad? Like, yeah. Is that supposed to be happening? And then I was like, okay, that's just kind of like what it does. So, yeah. That's amazing. That's clarified milk punch for you. That's really good. And not at all what I expected it to be like. No. It's so good. Now, like I said, I think I probably could have filtered it through the curds at least one more time. Uh, It's so pretty. I don't know that you needed to. And filtered it through... Because so what I did was I did like a double filter basically for the last time. I got rid of the curds and then I had a mesh strainer and I put a coffee filter in that. And then I had a funnel Mm -hmm. and I put a coffee filter in that and then slowly poured the milk punch through the funnel. Mm -hmm. So it essentially got like double strained. Mm -hmm. So it took Mm -hmm. fucking forever. Um, But I think I probably could have done that like twice. But also this is delicious without doing that. So, you know why. So good. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. that's it. Drank mine already. It's so good. So, I'm not I don't, thinking it had booze. <laughs> it doesn't taste It does like not it. taste like there's any booze. Now, I don't know what the clarification process does to, like, the alcohol content. There isn't a ton of booze in here. There's only, um, I think, two-thirds, two-thirds cup of rum mm-hmm. in the whole batch. Mm-hmm. And then I think the port, I think the port is also a two-thirds cup. So it's not like an insane amount of booze right. in it. It's a punch. It's not yeah, necessarily yeah, supposed to it's be. It's not like a really heavy hitter. Um, I don't know if if the clarification process does anything to the alcohol content. I didn't see anything that mentioned it. So I don't really, and maybe we're going to talk about this, but I don't thought, probably think so. But I don't know exactly how the making of cheese works. Mm. But could you then take the curds the curdled because what you're what you're filtering off is it's so, cheese so what are, are you asking if you could use those curds to make a milk punch no i'm asking oh. if you could use those curds to make cheese oh i mean yes. probably they'd have some weird flavors from being mixed with the but would they would they have sort of a, the this same not necessarily the sweetness but would they have some i don't know hmm. i don't know man yeah. I don't ever want to make cheese, so we'll probably not find out. I mean, let me tell you what I what gets what gets thrown away at the end it's of real this gross. process is not it's mauve. Like <laughs> it's not and it's very small curds because yeah. the way you mix it in, you get very small curds but, that it's like it's I don't know, it doesn't look like something you'd want to make cheese from. But the cheese making process is also kind of gross. So Right. I don't know. Cause I feel like that's what this is like the way right mm, like yeah. that's what yeah i mean that's essentially what yeah. you're drinking yeah huh. and you can really? make other really ones muppet yeah <laughs> there are other where's that spider variations <laughs> as well that can make completely clear or um like you know like a sauvignon blanc looking mm-hmm, drink mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. the um article that i got a lot of this information from was by cooks illustrated um so the editor um Dan, whatever. He's on the America's Test Kitchen show. 
He's real cute. Mm. Um, he did like a whole thing and he made a bunch of different milk punches. So there's like, this is like the classic recipe. Um, but you can make a whole, like any variation you can really think of. If it's like astringent and it's got a lot of tannins and you want to remove them, this is the process that you want to use. I am very impressed and totally weirded out. Science! <laughs> very cool. Weird yeah. science. Yeah. Weird science for show. So I'm really excited to talk about... First of all, this is the perfect drink. For oh, yeah. Topic. So that's because when looking up what I was going to do, I'm like, well, I can't do a cheese cocktail, but let's just look <laughs> up and see what's out there. <laughs> and let me tell you, people are fucking disgusting. Ew, <laughs> ew, 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 ew. So I was just like... I bet there was like a lot of beer and cheese. And yeah, bleh. yeah. But then I discovered this and I was like... That's close. No, it like lines right up. I'm making yeah. curds and whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. perfect. Um, but this... So this topic has a very special place in my heart because about a year ago almost probably like a, like 11 months or 10 months ago right i was on the eve of moving back to new hampshire from minnesota and i um i lived in this apartment complex that had um like a little free lending library in it and all the residents would like put their books there and you could borrow them or whatever um and there were a couple of, like old cookbooks and i most of like 99 percent of the people that lived in my apartment building were elderly and like on the death door um mm. that <laughs> so, sounds like this complex yeah so sometimes like people would die and then their family members would just like unload all of the books and oh. magazines that cool that they had in their apartment i mean not cool that they died yeah but well, just yeah i mean it happens to everybody but one day there was like a bunch of little cookbooks there and um all of the cookbooks caught my attention because they were all from new england Aww. and being in minnesota i was like oh this is weird and one of the cookbooks was this cookbook from 1950. It was scrolled all over with like handwriting. It was called The Little Epicurean. And it was from, it was a church cookbook from Rockland, Massachusetts. And I was leafing through it and it had a whole section on cheese and cheese dishes. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is so weird. I've never seen a cook, like cookbooks like will often be organized by either like what portion of the meal it is like mm -hmm. is it an appetizer or a main course or a dessert or by like the main ingredient so like i'm used to seeing cookbooks where it's like chicken or vegetables or whatever but i had never seen one where it was just like there was a whole like multi-page section dedicated to cheese so like leafing through and there was a dish in there called the cheese supper and it was so weird i took a picture i posted it to instagram and i was like i would love to have a food podcast oh my god <laughs> it's what started it all it's, so this <laughs> this is the thing that started it oh all oh my god that's right. Yeah. So. No, because you didn't say food podcast. You wanted a food blog. Food blog. Yes. And then we started going back and forth about it. And then I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. This is the thing. Amy, we could have a podcast. Mm -hmm. And then this happened. Oh, my goodness. Yep. So this, the, the cheese supper recipe. That I found, was, that was yep. the thing. That was the thing that started it all. So huh. I was going to say, hey, this was like one of the first, if not the first topics that we put yep. on the list i didn't even think oh that's what the post that started like i knew that it was a post that you had posted and you're like i want to do this thing and i'm like better yet yeah let's, let's put our thing. stupid voices on the <laughs> internet <laughs> uh, yay so stupid this voices is, this is the cover of the cookbook i'll post them all to the blog obviously they're in the drive right now and then um there's i took a lot of pictures of cheese dishes 
from this and i'll post those all to the blog too so you can all Perfect. see uh there are some really fucking weird ones like there's <laughs> cheese special snack not special cheese snack but cheese special snack okay surprise frankenfurters <laughs> Uh, I don't want Frankenfurters to ever be a surprise <laughs> unless it's literally Tim Curry from Rocky Horror Picture Show. You just stuff them with American but not, cheese. But not Tim Curry now. And then you boil no, them. Tim, Tim Curry, Curry then. Yeah. yeah. That sounds disgusting. Right? Oh. Oh, Wait, yeah. what? You slice you slice the uh, hot dogs in half lengthwise, not quite all the way through. Put a slice of American cheese, a whole fucking slice of American cheese in each Frankfurter. Wrap it in a strip of bacon. And then boil for 10 minutes. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. The 50s were weird, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Boiled bacon? Yeah. Is. It's bad. That's so, just two words. Okay. That so can I just say, been. this has nothing to do with cheese supper Either dish. You. <laughs> um, but uh, Bon Appetit does a series everywhere to cook whatever with mm-hmm. uh, a meal. I can't remember his last name. All you need to remember is a meal is a snack. But anyways. Okay. Um, and he does a whole series, every way to cook, blah, blah, blah. So he did like every way to cook a chicken breast. And a bunch of the ways are like really stupid fucking ways that you would never do. And okay. then a few of them are like really good ideas. But he did every way to cook bacon. And he used all those like stupid fucking gadgets. Yeah. And stuff the like. Thing and the yeah. And of thing. course, none of them worked. And one of the things he did was like boiled bacon and oh. like all these different. And they were all terrible. Basically, the best way to do bacon was to put it on a pan and put it in the oven. Yep. Boil it. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Bake it. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to Pot Appetite. They're like our podcast best friends. Yes. Hi. 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 If, if you're not listening to this is like fucking free advertising for the two people that listen to us <laughs> if you're not listening to pot appetite they're great and they do recap videos and they're really sweet and one of them is british and has like the cutest accent ever and i love them anyways love them. so yeah don't don't boil bacon guys no. that's yeah, fucking don't gross do no. don't do it no um the cheese supper dish which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit it was contributed to this uh recipe book by a dorothy damon Thanks, Dorothy. Thanks, Dorothy. Dorothy Damon. Double D, just yeah. like us. <laughs> uh, so it has six slices of bread, half a pound of American cheese, Ugh. half a teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of paprika, one and a half cups milk, and two eggs. Essentially, you butter the bread, and then you cut it into cubes. You slice the cheese, and then you layer in a casserole dish the bread and cheese, bread and cheese, bread and cheese, you beat the eggs in a separate bowl, and then you add milk, salt, and paprika in that bowl, and then you just dump it over the bread and cheese. So it's whoa, like, whoa, whoa. It's like... It's like baked French toast, but if, with cheese. If yeah. a grilled cheese sandwich and French toast had a fucking it's baby. It's like a yeah. grilled cheese sandwich casserole. Yeah. And then you bake until firm. Imagine the oil. I... I'm imagining. Because isn't American cheese like all oil, basically? It's gross. <laughs> like fake oil. Yeah. <laughs> There's so there's a whole bunch of recipes I'll post to the blog so you can all you can see it's a sampling of what Ooh, I think is sampling the grossest weirdest and most amazing recipes from this the cheese section. This doesn't actually sound gross to me. It sounds gross to me. I just feel it like it would be really greasy. Yeah, yeah, but I, I and the know. bread wouldn't get brown. It would just be soggy bread. No, it would be like that's, bread pudding. I guess that's but yeah. cheesy bread pudding. Yeah, True. like the top layer would probably be delicious. Yeah, that's probably. What, I'm picturing like Ooh. the top layer, the very bottom. <laughs> And the outside edges. You're right. The whole middle would be just, yeah, oh, just grease 
An egg. Oh. So to transport us through time ooh, to ooh, this ooh, moment ooh. in 1950. Yeah, I was just going to say, we're, we're going to go further back in time than I think we've ever gone. And I had that same exact sound effect in my head, yeah, Melissa. Yeah. So we're going to go back to 8000 BC. Wow. Or BC. I was going to say farther than mold wine. Yes. <laughs> Impossible. Farther than mold wine. Uh, so in 8000 BC, this is like a, a time when sheep are starting to be domesticated sheep by people. Are so cute. They yeah. are cute, but they're not fun to pet. Yeah. So sheep are considered. No. I learned a new word. They have cute ears. You pet them on their snoop. On their snoop? Soft ears. Yeah, not on their body because wool's gross. Yeah. Wool's and real. oily and I hate Ugh. it. Mm. Um, so sheep are a type of animal. It's called a ruminant, which I had never heard that word before. So I had to look it up. That sounds like an alien movie, like alien ruminant. Yeah. It's a ruminant. Or something that you'd put like that you'd get because you had bad joints. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, they got me on that ruminant. My ruminant acts up when it rains. (laughs) (laughs) So a ruminant is an animal that chews cud. Essentially, uh, yeah, mm. it's gonna get real gross for a mm. moment, guys. What do you mean choose cud? Isn't that just like eating grass? No. What's choose cud? So it's when you eat grass, you swallow it, you regurgitate it, and then you chew what you regurgitated. That's, a, that's what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why? So because that's the, the way their stomachs work. I'll get into it a little bit. So ruminants do they have include multiple stomachs. Yes. No, I don't like it. Sheep. <laughs> Cattle, antelope, deer, giraffes. <gasps> Hi, giraffes. I didn't know giraffes were included in this. Oh, They're big ass so bitches. Weird. They need multiple tum tums. That's true. But that's a long, that's a long <laughs> neck to get it back up. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, true. It's a lot of neck to get it back. They up. just like you just see the whole neck <laughs> pulsating. It's yeah. like a snake. Yeah, when yeah. it's like puking up the bone, uh, <laughs> just pulsating. <laughs> we're never gonna eat cheese again. <laughs> I mean, unlikely. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> cheese actually happens to occur naturally in the organs of ruminants. So this type of animal, right? That what? cheese cut, right? Well, is that like rennet? Like, right. So, which is used in a lot of chocolate, which is disgusting, which is like the lining yep, or something. Exactly. So their stomachs contain an enzyme called rennet, which uh, it's naturally present in the stomachs of ruminants. And it's an enzyme that helps them when they're, like, regurgitating. It, like, breaks down the food in a way so that when they regurgitate and then rechew it, they can get more nutrients out of it. That's why, like, when you're vegan, there's a bunch of chocolates that you can't, like, even dark chocolates and stuff that you can't eat. Because they've ran it in them. Oh. Yeah, it's gross. (laughs) So, also. That's just not to think about it. (laughs) Also, at this time, another fun fact. Way back in the 8th. Thousand, eight thousand BC. Uh, we used to use because uh, we didn't have like bags. Ziploc mm. wasn't a thing, <laughs> right? So to store food or in water, we would um, when we would kill an animal, we would use their organs. Sure. So we would use a sheep stomach, for instance, as like a flexible, satchel. right? Stretchy and leak proof, holds right. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gross, but like at least they were using the whole animal. Yeah, that's true. So uh, this magical combination of people using this like a sheep stomach to to transport water and milk and things like that with the fact that uh, rennet is naturally occurring enzyme in a sheep stomach. That's actually what 
led people to first consume cheese. So they would use a sheep stomach to store milk in because there's no refrigeration. Mm -hmm. It would keep longer in the sheep stomach. But then when they'd like go to empty it out or drink the milk, there'd be like this weird like curd type thing in there. And eventually someone was like, I'm going to eat that. Yeah. Hey, let's leave. Every every fucking food (laughs) sciencey thing has started with some fucking bro being like that shit looks nasty i'm gonna eat it yeah like <laughs> but i always wondered like who is the first person to eat cheese some fucking bro man some fucking bro some 8000 bc bro yeah <laughs> truth <laughs> so people started eating it and they were like this is delicious this is actually sure. really good yeah i thought okay. it was great <laughs> So well, I mean, comparatively, yeah. I don't, I don't even like blue cheese. I'm not eating fucking weird curds out of a sheep's stomach. <laughs> so fast forward a little bit, ancient Rome. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, people were eating this weird curd-like substance out of sheep's stomachs, and they're like, "I want like it doesn't keep very long. It's hot. We're in Rome. We're on the Mediterranean, right? Yes. It's gonna spoil real quick. It's like feta, right? Right. So if they want cheese, they gotta make it daily. They gotta like do this process of putting it in the sheep's stomach, and so they started adding salt as a preservative. And when they started adding salt, they started adding other things and like they're just like, kind of oh, experimenting. This does taste good now. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets better and better, right? And then. um Making cheese starts to become kind of like an art form. So, like, what can we add to it? How can we change the makeup? Maggots. Of this? Let's add maggots yeah. to it. Mm. So, add all sorts of weird what? shit. Mm. Okay. No. And then what happens is the uh, Romans they start to um, they have like all these soldiers, right? And they start to conquer the world. And they're like, we need to have like a standardized like food diet for our soldiers for the Roman legions. So they decided to include cheese in that because it was easy for them to produce. I feel and like you were kind of yawning or something when you said <laughs> yeah. cheese, so you went, cheese. <laughs> I was <Sorry>. burping. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. I, I was trying it. to push the burp down. Cheese. <laughs> it was perfect. All right. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So uh, they start to, to make it a staple for Roman legions. And then, like, this is really when hard cheeses start to come about. Uh, and then the um, Latin word for cheese, which is uh, cassius, literally means to ferment or to become sour. Or like casein. Did they get casein from cassius? Probably. Because that's like the milk protein. The same sense. root word, mm-hmm. I would yeah. assume. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit more. Europe in the Middle Ages. So cheese starts to spread Picture to the it. rest of Europe. Europe. And we Middle talked Ages. about. Yeah. We talked Monty about. Monty Python. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. That's what I picture. Yeah. That's exactly what's happened. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about uh, in one of our episodes where I shit all over Catholics. We talk about. <laughs> I mean, it's America's pastime. <laughs> we talk about how Emperor Constantine was like, fuck this. I'm moving the capital of Rome Keanu from Reeves? Rome. Constantinople. Not Istanbul. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he moves it to Constantinople. And then all of the Roman uh nobility are like fuck this noise rome's gonna fall they flee they spread all over europe create all of europe's nobility and then the kings and queens and all that stuff so when they leave rome they take cheese with them Mm. oh no so it's a great example of one man throwing a massive temper tantrum constantine ever changing yep. Keanu for, Reeves is known for his tantrums for, I mean <laughs> for changing right? the history of the West. not true world. he's a treasure he is a treasure he's amazing yeah um so they bring cheeses with them to the rest of Europe and then 
As they're moving to cooler climates, too, they realize that they need less salt for preservation. So they start to create creamier and milder cheeses. Mm. And then this is when aging cheeses and things like blue cheeses and cheddar and gouda and and, um, those start to become more and more popular. Blue cheese is gross. You're gross. Unpopular. But wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Unpopular opinion. Blue cheese is gross. Yeah, I don't like blue cheese. Yeah, you don't. Of course you don't. I mean, it's well, gross. So you were just complimenting me earlier. No, 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 I'm saying of course you don't because it's gross. Okay. I know I said it very aggressively, you but did. I was, was like agreeing with I you. I felt I felt hurt. Oh my god. That moment. Oh my god. <laughs> I threw his toy all the way when we can't get. Oh it. boy. So we're going to fast forward again. To the 1800s in Switzerland. Ooh, milk punch time. Which I spelt incorrectly in my notes. So it's Switzerland. Switzerland. Oh, I love Switzerland. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to fuck up today because my notes just have so many typos. I'm part Swiss. <laughs> so in the 1800s, um, people are like, you know what? Cheese is amazing. Let's make more of it. Let's make it faster. Let's get cheese to the people. Let's sure. Yeah. Put cheese for the working class. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I didn't even think about Swiss cheese. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> Okay. So, I have a clear trajectory in mind here. American okay. cheese. How do I get from no, 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 no. no, you're right. You're right. Stay on topic. No, you're good. How do I get from 8,000 BC to American cheese? Right. Yep. As as you're right. You're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Okay. So they want to mass produce cheese so that they can get cheese to, to the, the masses. masses. <laughs> so, uh, some dudes, I didn't write their names. They were bros. Oh, they need to pull it together. Names. Get it together, Amy. Okay. They Usually them- this doesn't happen until the second episode. Yeah. Oh, my we're God. Fucked. Yeah, I think last episode, there's a part where I'm like, Amy needs a minute, and then we just yes. have a conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're good? Okay, let's move on. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not stopping the episode yeah. again. Okay, so they make the first cheese factory in 1815. Ooh. And they develop pasteurization. I mean, really, why do we not have, why do we not have a holiday celebrating that? That I, I'm sure there is. Well, there should be. Yeah, the first cheese factory. That's a big deal. It is a big. But deal. it wasn't in America, so we don't care. Technically, nothing about American cheese is American. So nice. We'll, we'll get to that. That's exciting. Uh, so they create the first cheese factory. They develop uh, pasteurization and they reduce risk of which apparently I didn't know you could even get this from eating cheese, but tuberculosis. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Ooh, consumption. Yeah. Um, the and then, sexy disorder. Yeah. Um, listeria, which I knew about just from being pregnant that like you oh, can yeah. get that from unpasteurized, un- unpasteurized mm-hmm. stuff. We pasteurize everything in America. Yeah. So and. This same century, 1850s in America, the Industrial Revolution's happening, and we also have the Food Revolution, which we talked a little bit during the um, Graham Cracker episode. Okay, oh my God, that was so long ago. I know. <laughs> but this, like, I was, as I was doing the research, I was like, oh, we talked about this a little bit already. But- Alexander Graham Sylvester Bell. Yeah, yeah that dude. <laughs> so he, what he was rallying against, remember, was like the industrializ- industrialization of food right. processing. Yeah, right? like this is bad. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So we have this huge like movement in the United States states at this time in the 1850s of like okay let's let's get food like as streamlined as process as a process as possible and part of the reason behind this which we talked about in the peanut episode 
is that we have the Civil War happening in the 1860s. And as much as the South doesn't want to admit it, they can kind of see the writing on the walls. And the entire landscape of agricultural America is changing. Right. Yeah. I don't know how I can go from like losing my shit laughing so hard one minute to like being so present in the moment. Talent. They're very good. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, so we have this like changing landscape in America, right? That's leading to the industrialization of food processes. And then this is when we start to consider processing food like cheese. Um, so people in America are experimenting at this time and taking things like natural milk and they're adding emulsifiers and stabilizers and flavoring and coloring because they want to make food in general more predictable and more consistent. So like they don't want it to be like, oh, we had blight this year, like the crop failed, so we have no food or or there's a dust bowl or like they're like wait, trying wait, wait, to wait. Think- Is there a cheese mafia too? No. Oh, that would be amazing. Dang it. Right. No, yeah. maple syrup mafia stands alone, stands strong, yep. stands forever. So back to Switzerland. We're now in the early nineteen hundreds, right? And um, Walter Germer and Fritz Stettler, yep. Um, yep. they discover the process for what is commonly known as creating American cheese. So they heat up a kind of cheese called uh, a mental, which is like a hard Swiss cheese. And then they mix sodium citrate so that it has extended shelf life, too. So if we're, we're standardizing food, right, we're creating it in a factory or we're creating it in this, like, urban environment, and then we're shipping it globally or shipping it nationally, we need to make sure it has a longer shelf life, too. So that was another kind of downfall of, like, natural cheese products is that they had a very short shelf life. So they're trying to increase the shelf life, and they successfully do so in the 1910s. And then just a couple decades later in Canada... Um, we have James Lewis Kraft, spelled K-R-A-F-T, starting to make a name for himself. So while uh, Germer and Stettler in Switzerland are testing out this new process in Switzerland to make cheese have longer shelf life, James is working as a secretary and treasurer for the Sefford Cheese Company in Buffalo, New York. Um, he gets hired like sight unseen he travels to buffalo from canada which is where he was born which is like three minutes let's be honest i know but he gets there he shows up in town and then the rest of the board of directors is like oh shit like we're actually closing the company never mind um, oh no <laughs> so he gets hired for this cheese company he gets told no longer do you have a job and he gets told he no longer has a job actually when he's on a business trip to chicago so like he's in chicago at one of the cheese factories for this cheese company, like trying to negotiate local contracts. And then he gets sent like a telegram or whatever the fuck they did in 1910. Car- carrier pigeon. Probably. Carrier pigeon. Yeah. I don't know. And they're like, <laughs> you're out of a job or closing the door. So he literally has like a cart of cheese and he's in the middle of Chicago, <laughs> which he's never been in before. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So he just goes door to door to like grocers and tries to sell, like, unload what's on his cart. He has $65 to his name. He rents a pony to carry. Specifically a pony. <laughs> Specifically a pony. And the pony has a name, too. Bill. I bet it's Bill. No, Patty. Patty? Aww, Patty the yeah. pony? Patty. Wait, like, Patty, like, Patricia, or Patty, like, like, like P-A-D-D-Y? P-A-D-D-Y. Okay, 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 okay. Yep. Uh, so he has $65 in his pocket when he finds out he's out of a job and the company he's working for is no longer in business and a cart of cheese. So he like spends it $65 I mean, but really, what to does rent Patty. Else, what else does anybody need? I know. And he start he just sells what he has on him. And then from that, he's able to grow the Kraft Cheese So company. he rented Patty? He rented Patty. He didn't have enough money to buy Patty. What happened to Patty after? I don't know. Probably came glue. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Patty, no. <laughs> Patty the horse deserves to be remembered. Patty the pony. Patty oh, the God. pony. I'm sorry. You don't make glue from ponies. <laughs> There's not enough pony to make think, glue. Uh, maybe, maybe, oh, but it's Patty. I was going to say, it could be Patty the pony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is Canadian after all. That's amazing. Oh my god, it's so good. That might be the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So he's from the $65, he like I said he rents the pony, he sells the cheese. He's actually he's, he's like, fuck it, I'm just starting my own business. Yeah. Because he's not gonna be like, hey, I'm some rando selling cheese from grocery. He's like What, have you not heard of craft cheese? Right, like, exactly. Everywhere. So he just like creates a company on the spot. And then like within a he stays in Chicago for a few years to to grow it. He grows the company to a point where he can actually move production to Canada. And what he was doing at that point is he was, like, buying wholesale cheeses from other cheese manufacturers and selling them. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to start making my own cheese. Like, the original cheese company I worked for did. I know. Well, obviously you don't or you would be talking into the mic. drunk and I keep slumping over to the side, Melissa. It's because you're looking at Kate and then you move your mouth away from the mic. That's what's happening. And you were doing so good <laughs> with me pointing at the mic and you not fucking saying anything about it and just moving closer to the mic. But I guess that's fucking over. Thank you, Milk Punch. Uh, Patty Lapone was just too much. She couldn't take yep, it anymore. Yep. <laughs> okay, so James Lewis Craft yelling. <laughs> he's by the 1920s. He's set up his own factory in Canada. He's making his own cheeses and he starts to experiment just like those Swiss dudes who I can't remember their names. Whatever. Swiss, right. Whatever. Something. <laughs> yeah. Something sun. Yeah. No, that's St- Sweden. Settler. Settler was one of them. On Waldorf. Say, it's Sweden where you do the sun name. Yeah. In Norway. I don't think it's Switzerland. I, yeah. Not Switzerland. Uh, so he he starts making his own cheeses, too, and trying to experiment to get longer shelf life because his company's growing at such a big rate, fast rate, that he can actually start to, like, sell outside of this small area mm. between Canada so and New travel. York and Chicago, right? So it's got to travel. It's got to keep. So um, he starts, instead of starting with that weird Swiss cheese that I can't remember the name of, he starts with a cheddar instead. And that's the main difference between his version of American cheese <laughs> And the Swiss's version of what would become American cheese. His is Canadian. There's a Swiss. Neither of them. Nothing's American. Are American. <laughs> the only American thing is jazz. That's all we've got. That's it. The Harlem Renaissance. I don't know what that means. It's it's what jazz came out of. Oh, okay. It's like a, well, there's yeah, a whole so movement jazz. of literature and poetry and yeah, other, and yeah, art and yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's all the Yeah. But even anyways. Okay. <laughs> continue but that's yeah cheese uh, cheddar cheese cheddar <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh james lewis craft he want this, i wrote the sex it was so fucking weird he wanted to call this new product the warm cheese no Which, one wants warm che- like <laughs> oh would you like a piece of warm cheese and like because, you don't say that i know it's weird it's fucking weird but he want, want so in addition to creating longer shelf life he wanted to create cheese that had like a really good melting quality it was mm. like really creamy and smooth <laughs> but it's just like how do you market that you go to a grocery like hey would you like to buy the warm cheese no, I'm just thinking he's riding around on Patty Lapone, and he's got cheese like in his pocket. So when he's selling it, it's like warm, and they're like, "Oh, this is my like, yeah, it's my warm cheese. It's my pocket cheese." 
pocket cheese. You need some pocket cheese? It's delicious. Don't mind the lint or the horse hair. It's fine. <laughs> that was great. Uh, so he's built an empire at this point, And by the time the 1940s roll around, he actually wins a contract with the U.S. military to, just like the Romans did, supply cheese for the troops. Mm. And that is the thing that solidifies Kraft cheese as a household name. Um, so obviously in the 40s during World War II, there was food rationing. We talked about this during our Jello episode. I'm hearkening back to a lot of episodes yeah, this time. callbacks. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of food uh, rationing during this time. And then also, um, like I said, cheese is included in rations to soldiers and food tins too. So the fact that like buying this quote unquote American cheese, this craft cheese, which is being rebranded at this time. Canadian. Which is actually Canadian, but it was being branded as such during this time because <clears throat> patriotism. <clears throat> right? So the fact that you have rationing so you can't buy a lot of milk and a lot of butter and a lot of dairy. And this cheese, as we talked about, is like this weird byproduct of cheese. Like it didn't count the same with rationing, oh. um, with food rations. And then the fact that soldiers are eating it too, it becomes this like really quintessential American staple. So by the time the 50s comes around, this processed cheese like is 100% solidified as American cheese. And it's really widely popular. Um, processed American craft cheese was originally seen as like hella bougie. What? So yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you open up that plastic. You know they got that cheddar. They didn't have plastic yet. At this I, know, point. I, I know. I'm just I'm saying. That comes later. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even like my cheddar pun. So you buy. It was grievous. I'm sorry. I just. Because they got money, guys. I get so and much. cheddar is money. I know. Right? I just get so much joy at correcting people. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I don't give people the opportunity to talk. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm it's working fine. on it. It's my no, New Year's I resolution. I am way worse at not giving people the opportunity to talk. So, <laughs> And I don't even have my astrological sign to fall back on. So, It's true. Whatever. I am very much a Virgo. Yeah. Um, so like I said, it was originally seen as bougie because it was quote perfect in shape, flavor, and convenience. Mm. Um, and convenience foods during this time during the 1950s were seen as like um a sign of upper middle class. Like you had the money to be able to invest in these things that made your life easier. So it would be like someone having like a Roomba today. Mm -hmm. Like mm. it was like a bougie as shit. Yeah. It was like, like a clear class sign. A sous vide. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like someone we know. Hmm. <laughs> um, so and just like with Jello too, like cookbooks start to emerge with these new convenience foods. So you have whole cookbooks dedicated to like how to use American cheese or as I said with the little Epicurean cookbook I mentioned at the beginning, you have sections of cookbooks that are dedicated to this. So even though the whole focus of the whole cookbook isn't cheese, you have a lot of recipes of like how do you use this new brand new American yeah. cheese? Um, which is weird. <laughs> so uh, I talked about the cheese supper dish which like I can't imagine planning I can't whole believe meals. we didn't make it. Because I felt like it would make us sick. No, I don't think we would eat it. It would be worse than when you made hot dish. Yes, for like, sure. At least hot dish, you were like, oh, my husband will eat this. And yes. like, I'm all like, oh, I could see how we could make this like good. Yeah. But that, I'm just picturing the oil. I feel like there would be a lot of oil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Ugh. Yeah. 
But maybe we'll make maybe we'll make some of these. We could like, make like a small one. So my dream one day is to do like the from like the movie Julie and Julia, which I know started from like a blog, right? You know, she like cooks her way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Child. same. But like do that with like shitty, weird old recipes. Mm. Like what's the weirdest fucking funkiest mm. thing you can find to cook? Yeah. And and do it to the best of your ability and take pictures and post it to the yeah. blog. And don't eat it. And, right. Like maybe well, you, tr- you have to try it. You have I could to just try have Jake it. try it because he yeah. I lovingly call him a human garbage disposal. Yeah, because he will eat anything. Eat anything. He's like Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but anyways, um, so I'll post this recipe up on up on the blog so we can see it. Like I said, it's published. The cookbook was published in Rockland, Massachusetts, which was really weird for me to find this cookbook in Minnesota. Yeah, that's that's kismet. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until the 1960s that Kraft Singles, which is what you were talking yeah. about earlier, come out. And this is due to innovations <clears throat> in plastic technology. Uh, don't use single-use plastic, kids. Yeah, no, we never buy it. Yeah. I just prefer the, I, I like how thin it is. Yes. All. But we don't ever buy it. I like very thinly sliced cheese. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that. It's just that. too much when it's yeah. thick. It's like yeah. so salty and that's, you know. Agreed. Not here for it. So today there's like a huge resurgence of artisan cheeses coming back and there's smaller farms and creameries and they're becoming more popular. Freaking regular grocery stores have like a fromage (laughs) section and I'm like, who is, what is this? We're in New Hampshire. Who the fuck is shopping here? What is this? Yeah. And it's weird too. Like there's a lot, a lot of um, more focus, I think, on local creameries and cheese too. And I think part of that is because of all of the, I mean, there's new stuff going on with trade now especially since the whole thing with boeing but like mm. essentially we can we can fuck over the eu and the eu can fuck over us with tariffs is the the poor man's version the world's of that a story mess. the world's a mess um but one of the things that's that's going to be most affected by that is actually cheeses um and wines and and things like that like things that are considered like like bougie to import yeah um by california wines people which every single one of them has radon in but that's a different story um fuck's sake amy <laughs> they're trying to rebuild their goddamn economy the after those terrible wildfires burden and you're just like oh don't drink that one it's gonna rain on it no i mean i'm not saying i'm not saying that they're not as good as as wines from europe wines in your like like vineyards in europe are losing like 300 year olds like like crops yeah. because they don't allow things like fucking irrigation in their vineyards. They have a whole other slew of problems caused by env- environmental issues. Right. I'm just saying the whole world is burning and we're fucked. Yeah. And I'm saying <laughs> if you want to save a little goddamn money, try and find wines from California, especially since they're trying to rebuild their goddamn wine economy because of the wildfires. Agreed. 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 Okay. <laughs> and they make some good wines. They and do. you know what? I drank vodka with like arsenic in it. So I really don't care. Mm. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Wait, you too? You drank vodka with arsenic in it? I don't know. <laughs> it's actually drink- not arsenic. It's uh, humidol or whatever. It's, I drink whatever you put in front it's of me. It's grass. No, I don't think I ever gave you Zabrovka. Oh, okay. Scott brought it back. My cousin brought it back from England. You can't buy it in the United uh, States because it's made from bison grass, which has a blood thinner in it. So they don't make it in America. And it was delicious. But anyways. Jesus. Okay. Uh, you think I'm going to care about some radon? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
It's not. I misspoke. It's not radon. It's Roundup. Oh, oh, the weed killer. The weed that killer. makes so much more sense. Radon is like <laughs> the stuff like in basements, yeah. right? Like in, in New Hampshire, there's a problem with it because it's, it's radiation, essentially. Yeah, New Hampshire has the highest cancer rate in the country. I have really? so many fucking weird facts in my head right now. I'm sorry, guys. It's because granite is cancer causing. Right, that's it, where the radon comes yeah, from. Yeah, it leaks arsenic into our groundwater. It's fucking horrible yeah, for us. That's why if you have a basement in New Hampshire, you have to like get it scanned and checked all the time to make sure that it, there's no radiation. Yeah. New Hampshire's great, folks. It is. I mean it, though. It's great. It's beautiful. Move it, here. You know, it's unless got you want New Hampshire to secede from the Union. It's, that's never going <laughs> to fucking fuck not, away. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yep. Okay. So I have some fun facts. Fun facts. Ooh. Fun facts about cheese. Ooh, uh, cheese. So before, so, this, so before American cheese became known as American cheese, there was a movement in the United States that uh, sprung up in the 1930s to call it embalmed cheese. Ew. That's fucking disgusting. Why would you call it that? Because. Does it have formaldehyde in it? It has sodium phosphate, which was used to preserve corpses. Huh. But in the early 20th century. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So That's fun. Um, I'm going to call it that from now on. Embalmed cheese. Yeah. Greg's going to need to get some cheese and get some of that embalmed cheese. I can pick yeah. some up for you. Don't you even worry. You want the deli slice embalmed cheese or the singles? Yeah. <laughs> and have you guys ever heard of the term government cheese? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what they used to give us if you went to get food when like you were a kid from like town hall or like a shelter or whatever. They would give you government cheese. Yep. That's delicious. So in the 80s. There was a huge surplus of dairy in the United States in 1981 specifically. So Reagan gave out like an insane amount of cheese through the Temporary Emergency Food Assistance Program um, because of this dairy surplus. It died out by the the 90s, but like the term government cheese came about in 1981 because of the sheer amount of cheese that Reagan was trying to unload. Unload. He's got to unload that that freaking <laughs> embalmed shit. Yep. No more. Uh, no more embalmed cheese. Um, and then every year Americans eat 2 billion grilled cheese sandwiches, which yeah. is a lot of cheese. That tracks. It, that doesn't include like specialty grilled cheese sandwiches like bacon or tomato or like. I mean, at some point it's not a grilled cheese sandwich anymore. I'm just going to say that. You put too much shit in it. It's not. It's, it's yeah. like a melt. The best grilled cheese sandwich not a grilled cheese. I've ever had had orange marmalade. Really? Ooh. With with like a, I think it had some sort of fancy cheese. I can't remember what it was. But it tasted so good mm. and sweet and tangy. Yeah. It was like, it's not the, something I would normally order. Yeah. It was, it was I can see that because like brie and fruit is yeah. delicious. We mm. do grilled cheese days at work. <gasps> Usually for like charity, like you donate to a charity and then my boss will make you like mm-hmm. grilled cheese. She just is in the break room like all day just making grilled cheese. Yeah. It's nice, but then it smells bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. lot to take in. <laughs> Definitely using uh, American cheese for those. There is a, an American cheese society. Ooh. How do you get in? I don't know. I didn't do any research about that. Oh, okay, them. good. I was just, I got excited. I was like, oh, I got to write this down. And then that's where the excitement stopped. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, I'm tired. Yeah. I feel you. And then... uh Velveeta, which is the biggest competition to craft cheese in the early 1900s, was actually bought out by Kraft in 1927. I thought Velveeta was Kraft. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then um, Sirius Eats, the website Sirius Eats, did a lab test of the meltiest American cheese, the meltiest brand of American cheese. I'll uh, link to it on our blog so you can see for yourself. But they found that uh, store brand 
American cheese, like the no name. Oh, like generic? Generic mm. American cheese was the best, meltiest oh. American cheese, uh, which I thought was very interesting. American Cheese Society is a nonprofit trade group for the American cheese industry that was founded in 1983. <laughs> ACS promotes American cheeses, provides the industry with educational resources and networking opportunities, and encourages high standards of cheesemaking <laughs> with safety and sustainability. Why is cheesemaking capitalized? Because it's really Stand- important to them, Melissa. Standards of cheesemaking. Cheesemaking isn't a proper noun. You have the voice of either an old-timey oil tycoon <laughs> or someone who I'd, I'd anticipate would be a lobbyist for, like... Like steer, like beef industry. Or like John Deere. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah. So it you can only like be in it if you're part of the American cheese industry. Oh, it's not like. So it's like a lobbying group kind of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. Uh, yeah. So way less exciting than yeah. I thought it was. Oh, yeah. sorry. Not just like everybody hanging out with their. Yeah. Like I love cheese tattoos. And yeah. <laughs> Mm, polos with a little embroidered yeah. like block of american mm-hmm. cheese on it mm-hmm. nice what, there would just be a square yeah no i know that's <laughs> why it's funny yellow square that's why it's funny well a white I, square i don't like the yellow greg yeah. gets the yellow no, sometimes thank I you hate it. No. i hate the yellow yeah, me too mm-hmm. my mother mm-hmm. who's always on my fucking case <laughs> about eating healthier <laughs> she like she oh every she's meal the, she's one of the main people responsible for how you eat Throw that back I, at her face. But I'm an adult, so like it's well, all sharp. Sure, but me. you were raised that way. But she will only fucking eat Kraft singles, yellow no. American uh, cheese, and I, like I'll like I'll get store brands, but like I'll get it from the deli. I'll have it sliced thin because I like thin cheese. Yeah, but like I, I white. Like why do, I don't need yellow dye? Well, I don't like yellow number no, five. Yeah, I don't get it. There's literally no reason for it. She no. goes, it tastes bad. It doesn't. It tastes no. the same. It tastes the fucking same. But like, and and Greg won't buy it. Different color M&Ms. They all taste the same. Yeah. Greg won't buy it because he likes it. It's just like if that happens to be the one that he grabs because there's more of that one than that's the one. Or they only have that in the pack Mm -hmm. that he wants. Nope. Then that's what he'll get. Nope. Never. And I'm like, no. And even though, I mean, his argument makes sense too because I'm like, it doesn't taste any different. And then he's like, yeah, it doesn't taste any different. So get the orange cheese. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's something wrong with it. I don't. I don't like it's it. It's got dye. I mean, more it's, dye. It's made of plastic. Yes. <laughs> Chemically, it's not that. That's like arguing about what color of Play-Doh to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I think Play-Doh is more natural than American cheese. It's probably healthier for you. It's like flour and salt, isn't it? Yeah, and water. Yeah. Yeah. It's, or cornstarch you could, and water. You can at least pronounce all the ingredients. Like you can eat it and you're fine. It's just really salty. <laughs> not that I know. Yeah. Definitely never ate an entire container of Play-Doh when I was a kid. Oh, tummy aches. Well, and your poop was an interesting <laughs> consistency and color, let me tell you. It gives a different... There was that one time my brother ate a bunch of crayons, and then his poop was multicolored, and he had like a breakdown. <laughs> I actually only know about that from hearsay. I did not witness it myself. I was too young. <laughs> but apparently he was very upset. I, I mean, That's great. Don't eat crayons, kids. Don't eat crayons. Don't eat crayons. Don't eat Play-Doh. And kids, if your parents are letting you listen to this, fire them. <laughs> fire your parents. Get emancipated. Yeah. Yeah. You're Don't obviously you're smarter than them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Are we... Is that it? Yeah, that's all oh I got. Oh, my God. That's it. That was great. 
that was good right, every nice time you back. say that was great when you're like after you say was that it it makes me feel like <laughs> no i'm just maybe because you know, i gotta hit the stop button and stuff that's all <laughs> She wants to make sure Eventually. she's not hitting the stop button too soon. Yeah, I don't want to, like, move on. And then you're like, hey, I have other stuff. And I'm yep. like, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I would let you know. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Great. All right. I guess that's all we have. So bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening to Drunk Dish. For recipes and more, please visit DrunkDish.com. If you like what you hear, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Apple Music. You can also follow us on Twitter at Drunk Dish Pod and Instagram at Drunk Dish. And again, thanks for listening.